Did somebody say wow? Beaumont's massive bathroomware catalogue sale is wow! Get up to 25% off vanities with basins, baths, loos and tapware all slashed. Plus up to 25% off all tiles. Wow, you'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Beaumont's. Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Beaumont Tiles. I choose Beaumont Tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring. And every couple of weeks, I, producer Jane Neild, have the absolute pleasure of chatting to Shana Blaze. She's on your TVs. She's an interior designer, film producer, screenings of The Fort Movie, which Shana produced with her amazing kids now happening around the country and you can book a screening as well. We're going to put the uh, show note link in there. If maybe even just a little 40-person cinema, you can screen Shana's movie and open up the conversation. Very much worthwhile having Shana. I know people might think domestic violence, family violence, like, oh, Shana, it's too heavy. But, hey, if we're not willing to have these difficult conversations, what the heck are we doing as a country? But it's also just about relationships. And I think that's it's the relationships at work, home, the school, it's how we treat each other that we have become stuck in this situation. So don't fear the subject, fear not talking about it. Well, speaking about relationships, Shana, we know they get a little bit frayed on the block. Uh, You are in the midst of (laughs) filming the block. Uh, How's Neil? How's Darren? Uh, They are fabulous. They, um, you know, I don't think in the whole time that we've been judging together, we've ever had an argy-bargy, like, you know, that we disagree um, many times and both of, you know, we disagree many times and we like to put our opinion out there um, to try and try and sway them, um, but it's never been an issue with us and uh, we are such good friends that um, we'd be mortified if we felt like we hurt each other. <laughs> it must be so nice to rock up to work and actually know that you really get along well with the other co-hosts because we hear the rumours about the entertainment industry. It's not always the case, is it? Yeah, and I think the thing is it's, you know, you're going there as friends as well as um, workmates and the safety net there uh, with, you know, Darren and Neil, but also the team around us, it is so safe that it allows us to have those very strong differences of opinion. And if we didn't feel safe to have that, we couldn't have that really strong banter of agreeance or disagreeance, which the contestants need and the audience, because it's really important that they know that we're not just saying all these things to agree with each other. Have you got much info on what's actually happening on set, you know, during the weeks between your judging? Do you know if there's any particular challenges that have kind of been popping up this year? No, zero. And and that's the main thing that we um, we are not privy to any of that to allow us to judge on completely what we see because otherwise it's a case of like, yeah, this happened, this happened. You know, there's the general um, thing of, you know, supply mode is still an issue, which is just frightening how much of an issue it is. Um, We've had a few sort of weather issues, but nothing compared to Gisborne. Um, I, I sort of see a lot more harmony than I have seen before in a, you know, if not for a very long time. So I think the um, the fact that all these contestants are producing like exquisite rooms, like, you know, there's a couple of questionable ones at the moment, but I think the that when we see the block, people are going to be just taken aback how 
different it is from all the other series. And I remember in the back of my mind going, oh, we're going back to Hampton. How? How can it be any different? And it really is. Oh, wow. Gee, I don't like the sound of not too many dramas filtering through to you. We're going to have to get someone to stir things up a bit. That just won't do. <laughs> oh, you know, that. I'm sure, you know what? I don't hear of major drama, but who knows? Once it's on air, I'm like, oh, geez, I didn't know that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those incredible producers and editors can whip up some drama, I'm sure. <laughs> you are listening to Homestyle. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles. Yes, Beaumont Tiles has up to 30% off bathroom wear, so you can save big. 30% is a really good uh, discount. I'll basically cross town for 30%. Like the sound of that. <laughs> Now, Shana, you have a wonderful uh, column in Stella Mag. So I thought today, as well as a whole stack of uh, listener questions that we're going to get to in a little while, that we are going to talk about one of your recent columns, which was all about styling our homes at this time of year compared to maybe summer where it's like, no, Brianna, bring in the colour, just ramp everything up. But you're sort of inspired by seasonal elements like flowers and the outdoors, the way that nature can actually inform your design choices. So how can you sort of talk to us about this concept of the natural world being an inspiration for winter decor? I think we get caught up in like in talking about our cave and everybody thinks our cave has to be dark and heavy and winter we hibernate. And if you look at the inspiration for winter, um, you know, we're lucky here in Australia that we get beautiful sunny winter days, but also, you know, the typical sort of snow is part of, you know, our winter in July, whereas it compared to the Northern Hemisphere. But you tend to have a lot more crisp nights where there's not cloud cover and has that beautiful deep blue into black. You have twilight, you have fog, you have um, snow. So they're sort of elements of that beautiful deep blue that's almost black and starlight as an incredible um, colour palette to start with as those beautiful nurturing gorgeous colours and looking at fog and looking at snow of how it's actually quite billowy and it's got a haze and it's actually quite beautiful rather than working against that sort of heaviness of black and brown and charcoal. Um, that's more of a, uh, a modernist colour rather than an inspiration for nature. And then also, you know, you've got the sparseness of trees. You've got that mixture of branches that are empty that have beautiful shadows and light play to it, which can be the inspiration for your light shades. It can be the inspiration for pendant lights to actually throw different um, details on the ceiling, on the walls. So it's all about this gorgeous light play. And then you've also got the, the winter sort of foliage that, you know, if you look at magnolia trees, you actually have all these beautiful flowers that come out and winter flowers. So you sort of look at those different types. It doesn't always have to be scented. It doesn't always have to be those bright, beautiful pastel colours. So it just shows by focusing on different parts of what does winter bring us in the um, exterior in our gardens means it can take a really unique twist on winter. And you're actually uh, sitting recording via the wonders of video uh, technology in a room that has, oh, how would you describe your background? But to me, it's like sort of 
muted, even a paint texture and a bit of a mural in sort of a grey, smoky, greeny, very, very luxe looking colours. So tell me a little about the room that you're sitting in. This is part, of course, your country uh, home rescue, your actual property that you renovated. So I'm sitting in the ballroom at the moment Uh for anyone who has seen it. Or if they haven't seen it, they can actually Google the episode, but also look at the pictures. Um, it's The inspiration is exactly what we're talking about from the botanical gardens that are across the road. And it has that misty look to it because when we were doing it, there was definitely a lot of fog around and, you know, sort of having that sort of not bright colour. I want it to be sort of a bit more muted because there's a lot of muted tones in winter in Kyneton. And then taking the strong colours of green from what we had in the wallpaper and just envelop the room. So this is quite cave-like all year round, but it is not depressing because it has hints of bold colour in the carpet. It has sharp whites, which is like a snow white. Now, a lot of people would look at the shears that are in here and go, oh, I probably would have done like an ivory, but the paint is all bright white and the shears are bright white because it's like that winter light but also when you've got the bright white shears the light that comes through it is actually amplified so it's not just working on the color it's working on the reasons of using the color and what they can do in the room that's really interesting that you mentioned that that the actual light coming through a particular window treatment because i guess when i think sort of you know snug and and the little cave the winter you think of those traditional really heavy drapes and heavy window dressings perhaps Yeah, and I think the heavy winter drapes were all about in winter about making the rooms warmer and that was with the type of plate glass that had no, you know, sort of blocking of the outside elements, whereas now we have thicker glass or we have double glazing, triple glazing. So the glass transference of the cold and the heat, um, if you don't have that, you don't need those heavy drapery. But it also is expanding that natural light. So a white shear is definitely going to amplify the light coming through and it's a lower volume of light in the winter. So you want to sort of enhance that light that's coming through. Uh, Are you in favour of maybe some blinds just for that thermal, you know, we were talking about sustainability quite a bit. Um, You know, you've got your beautiful shears, but at night time, okay, roll them down and try and keep the heat in. Or have you got like double glazed everything? I honestly do have double glazed everything, but this room is open to south facing and west facing. So we do get extreme sunlight coming through in summer and the cold facing um, of the windows there. But to tell you the truth, the shears are enough because of the double glazing, because of the insulation. And I probably would only look, I haven't, I've really resisted putting a blind, um, but I probably might put a blind in just for privacy rather than worrying about the heat transference. Are you feeling pretty smug that your budget extended to the uh, double glazing? Because I put five grand worth of extra insulation into my new roof recently and I cannot believe the difference it has made. Oh, look, I can be smug here, but at the time, no, I, I was like, 
fetal and rocking in the corner. Um, and that's the thing of making those financial decisions because, you know, you want to be in the space long term. And the benefits, as you just said, is in your heating bills, but also your cooling bills of, of doing double glazing. And I don't know about you, Jane, but I feel like in the country areas, you know, the summers are more extreme and the winters are more extreme. And looking at all those different insulation qualities are so important because then you don't have to go through heavy drapery just to stay warm and cool. Ah, yes. Using that natural inspiration for perhaps a little decor tweak this uh, autumn and winter. Love it. And, of course, you can see Shana's columns in Stella Mag on a weekly basis. This is Homestyle. Thanks to Beaumont Tiles, you can save up to 30% on bathroom wear and 25% on tiles now at Beaumont Tiles. Head on in and talk to the team. And they've got the hard flooring in addition to the tiles now as well. Now, hashtag what would Shana do? Loving all the listener questions that are coming in for you, Shana, because look, when we throw out the, hey, ask Shana a question, it, it's pretty special to be able to ask someone of your talent and skills, Shana, a very direct question about your reno or your DIY. So here's one from Naomi Pierce from Bunbury. I actually know Naomi. She is a radio Ooh. host in Bunbury in WA. Big fan of yours, Shana. So uh, if you are listening to and Bunbury, you can hear Nay in the morning. And she says, Hi, Shana. I bought an ex-rental home that has not seen any love for about eight years from the previous owner. My daughter's bathroom has really bad mould on the roof. It looks like it has been there for years and tenants never reported it. Do I just paint over the top or should I do anything else? What would Shana do? Mould is a really hard thing to do. I, I think... One, if it's just on the ceiling, it must be a condensation part. If it's coming from the ground, that's a whole different part and also spots on the wall. So I'd say that um, the ventilation is an issue and the fact that the windows haven't been opened often or there's not a good vent. So it might be a case that you could look at the 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 type of window treatment that you have. It might be a case that the window might not be really easy to open do you because you're in Bunbury you might actually look at vented window treatment so you know how you've got like the glass slats and you just sort of do it um, almost like a shutter so that could be something really good to let it out and also I would look at you know because of the where you are at the moment I would actually sort of address all those first. I would scrub the ceiling with um, bleach and sugar soap to get that off, then do those ventilation things. And if the mould doesn't come back, then you can actually um, paint it, but you need to do a treatment under the paint first. So make sure you treat that with um, either a Zinza or treat it with something that is going to take the dampness out of it and then use a, a paint specifically for bathrooms. So you're not actually having to remove the gyprock at this stage if it's just surface? It's de it's definitely from condensation if it's on the ceiling only. Interesting. Well, Nay, I hope that has helped. Uh, interestingly enough as well, apparently one of those things that pops up on your Instagram, you've been using your household appliances wrong this whole time. Who knew that you're really meant to leave your exhaust fan on in your bathroom for like a half an hour, hour afterwards? I just always turn it on and then turn it off when I walk out of the bathroom. But apparently that's wrong. <laughs> 
Well, the thing is, you think about it, you dry your body with a towel, but all that condensation is just sitting in the bathroom. So unless you're going to towel down your walls and ceiling, (laughs) you just need to keep that ventilation going. (laughs) So keep the exhaust fan on, people, but uh, hopefully the mould will be a thing of the past very soon. And, oh, I mean, how many people relate to that too, Shana, that you've got a dodgy uh, rental house and you're like, it's just too hard, I can't be bothered, and... You end up mm-hmm. in those situations where you just put up with it for years in some cases. Yeah. And, and I think the thing is, like, a, mold has come up a lot because we had, especially on the East Coast, there was, you know, a couple of years where um, it was just fully raining for for a long time, floods, the humidity got worse and mould was getting into everyone's clothes. It was getting into the leather, not just on the walls. And once the spores get in there, Um, you've really got to treat them to get them out. And so that is something really important for our health and especially lung health. And I think people really should take mould seriously. All right. Hashtag what would Shana do? This one is from Braith. Shana, what are your thoughts on rugs on top of carpets? And can you place a cowhide on top of carpet? Okay. It always (laughs) comes down to what is the purpose of the rug that's going on it? If it's completely decorative, it needs to be a very large piece. I've got one in my, and again, you can have a look at the picture in Country Home Rescue of my master bedroom. So I have a bedroom, it's the smallest bedroom in the house, but I love the details. So I just put my hand up for that one. But there's a a beautiful Moroccan runner at the foot of the bed. So it goes under the bed and it goes from length to length of the width of the room. So it creates this massive statement, even though it's not a big rug, it takes over most of the carpet that can be seen. So if you're putting a rug there, it has to be a statement. So be aware of that one. And putting a cowhide on carpet, you know what? I'm sort of feeling a bit no, because it is, they're textures that will fight each other. And I think it's one of those things that what is the purpose of the cowhide rug there other than you bought it and you want to use it? And if it's to partially theme the room, I I can see that. So it might be something that just sits in front of a chair only. It just won't sit in front of the couch. I I think if it sits with a, a chair as a leather chair and it adds to that environment, that's about the only time it's going to work. And so are you saying traditionally, though, it would be on like a polished concrete or a floorboard that's carpet's not really the vibe for the hide? Well, the hides tend to go in the centre of the room, but I I feel like a hide on carpet really should be about sort of creating a mood with a certain nook rather than the whole room. And also we have a question for what would Shana do? Hashtag what would Shana do? You can uh, hit Shana up on her socials. This one from Sarah B. Oh, hello, parents out there. I think we're all going to relate to this. Any ideas on how to keep a kid's playroom, play corner in the house tidy? Where are we at? Storage queen Shana Blaze, where are we Uh, at with the playroom? I think you have to keep it really, really simple, like like having cubes that have um, boxes that come in and out. So down at the bottom um, is the ones that they play with all the time. So they're the ones that are always coming in and out. And you have to, you actually have to introduce games of helping to pack up. So, you know, once you're doing that one, 
then you've got to do that one. You know, there's no case of, you know, every box gets tipped out. You know, it might be a case, well, if two boxes are tipped out, you can't use another one until you do this. And just just look at sort of, you know, okay, we've got three minutes, so we're going to have, you know, some food and snacks and we're going to do this and that. So let's get this happening, you know, easier said than done. So it is something to sort of teach them when they're quite young. So make packing up a game and the organisation cubes are perfect because they are something that you can utilise later as a library. You can use it um, for different types of storage and they're not uh, something completely permanent that it means that the playroom can't become something else and they're really inexpensive. And so would you recommend as well not, you know, one big, large, say, you know, seat that has a huge storage area under it, maybe you're saying that it's a lot more manageable in smaller, broken-down little cubes than one massive big toy box. Yeah, absolutely. I think the toy boxes, everything just gets thrown in it. Um, toy boxes are good for soft toys, um, for uh, throws and, and sort of soft things. If it's actually all the hard stuff and the Lego or and it could be a game, nothing is ever going to stay in its place. And every time you want to try and find one thing, it turns into an absolute tip everything out and then you can't even find it, so you walk away. <laughs> well, your kids are grown up, but how, how has it been having a little grandchild in your life, Shana? Have you stepped on any Lego recently or she's probably still a little bit young for that? <laughs> Not into Lego at the moment. I think it's more of a case every time she brings out a toy, making sure the dog doesn't get it. Uh, and she's, you know, she has that attention span of a two-year-old at the moment that things get played with very shortly. So it's not about sort of doing it every hour, but by the end of the day, packing up before bath time, making sure that all gets put away, off you go, and then you start the day afresh. And one last question from Simone B. Not so much a what would Shana do, but more just about to you in general, Shana. What was your favourite property renovation and why? Do we have to exclude Country Home Rescue? Because I'm assuming the home you're sitting in right now is possibly your favourite, or am I wrong? No, you're pretty right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> definitely, definitely my property favourite for myself. I think there's there's the project that I did up in Brisbane where it was all brand new. It wasn't a renovation. It was a brand new build, but it was a new way of working with people in dementia and the owner oh. contacted me and it was about 17 houses and creating all these different looks and styles. So it's actually a, a project called New Direction Care and it's based in Queensland and the incredible Natasha Chadwick won Telstra Businesswoman of the Year because of this. It was absolutely amazing. And I got to go to Holland and look at a, the company, Indahogwe, that actually started this of looking at these new way of living with dementia and people feeling like they actually are in their home rather than being taken away into a hospital environment and a clinical environment. So I learnt so much. And that's also because they didn't know at the time, but my mum had high-grade dementia for 16 years oh, and living yeah. through that clinical process, it's soul-destroying. And to actually know that I was part of this incredible change that is going to change not only the people's lives um, as patients but the families that come and visit and interact. And, you know, it has been life-changing instantly with so many people and that just gives me so much joy. Wow. Um, did anyone film that? Is there a TV series of that? Because that sounds fascinating. 
No, there's photo shoots. You can have a look online. We can put the link on it because yeah. it's it's really an important change in how dementia patients are treated. And it wasn't just the people in their 80s. This is all about early onset dementia. So, you know, there was people in their 40s and 50s and even teenagers where you've got brain injury, dementia and Alzheimer's. So they shouldn't be living in a nursing home. So creating environments that are actually quite modern and, you know, to have people in their 20s with um, clinical dementia to make them feel like that they're not in a nursing home and dying was so important. So that to this day will probably go down as um, my most important work. Oh, that's amazing. I really would love to hear more about that. I think it's really important that we actually look at our built environments and design. And that's what we talk about all the time, the impact it can have on your mental health and your sense of well-being. Throw on top of dementia diagnosis. It's, it's incredible stuff you've done. And I think that's the thing also, like, um, that's why I keep saying to people, stop looking at Pinterest and copying, stop cutting and pasting, because it is about your life, how you want to live, what you want to do, and the intrinsic parts of how it changes your mood, how it creates a mood, how it enhances your lifestyle or detracts from your lifestyle. And a lot of people say, well, you know, it's not brain surgery, but you know what? It is life-saving. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, Simone B. Thank you so much for that one. And if you have a question for Shana Blaze, podcast at sen.com.au. Now, Shana, at any moment there's a tradie knocking on your door. I thought your place was done. I thought it was renovated. Why are there tradies coming around? <laughs> oh, you know, things just need a tweak every now and again. <laughs> like, you know, the... The fireplace needs to be updated. The um, the battery on something might go, but I don't know what the issue is. So it's actually part of it is learning how to use half the things in here. <laughs> the uh, the post sales service for Shona Blazer's Country Home Rescue Property Pretty is, much. is required. So, look, great to hear that tradies are not only booked. I'm finding it a little bit difficult to find trades at the moment. I'm sure people relate to that, but they're booked and they're on their way. Brilliant. Well, this is more about the people um, and the products. So they want their product to work properly. So they're just like, yep, yeah, this is sort of like the after service care. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Shana, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the block next time. And hopefully we'll know when we're going to be seeing it on our screens very, very soon. And of course, you can follow Shana on Instagram, Facebook, and she has a wonderful website as well. Check out the show notes to this episode and we'll pop some links in there, including to uh, some of the snapshots of that dementia project, the design project that Shana just mentioned. And of course, thank you to our sponsors, Beaumont Tiles, who make home style possible. Yes, you can head on in for 30% on bathroom wear. That's 30% off and 25% savings on Beaumont Tiles right now. Shana, have a wonderful week and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you then. Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze for Harris Scarf. Shop in store or online today. Harris Scarf, great brands, great prices and Beaumont tiles. I choose Beaumont tiles, you should too. For tiles, bathroom wear and now hard flooring. As Australia's only national tile specialist, we're wrapped. You voted us number one. You want great prices, great range and awesome quality. Get all that and our lifetime warranty on tiles when you choose Beaumont's.